Well, here we are uh, in, in the, the midst of this um, class that we've been studying in summer of 2019, this idea of how far I'll go. When we're discussing this idea, we're looking at this story of Joseph. And what I want us to do is go ahead and open your Bibles to, uh, to Genesis chapter 39. Um, if you remember last week, um, we went in and had a depth discussion about the temptation that Joseph would have faced uh, while he was in the was in Potiphar's house, and and how he started his his life, and you know what we're gonna do we're gonna prop this like this. Again, my bad. Yeah, no, no, it's not your fault. It's my fault. Um, but but how he started his life in Egypt, and then he gets tossed in prison. What we're gonna do is I hope that we're we're gonna take a look back. I'm clever with the slide, as you can see. Um, but I want us to look back at these verses that we actually read last week. But I think that when we go back and, and read into them this week, we're going to find um, that they really set up well what we're going to be studying this week. So starting in verse 19 of chapter 39, it says, As soon as his master had heard the words um, that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. So Potiphar gets told by his wife, Hey, Joseph uh, uh, came um, to me and, and, and all that stuff. He's mad. And verse 20, so Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now, what, what I want us to discuss tonight and, and what we kind of ended our discussion with last week was this idea of, of sometimes we get thrown in prison. And sometimes we get this idea of we're tossed in prison in our world today where, where either our friends reject us or, or we are finding ourselves getting left out of things or um, we're mocked for certain situations. And we find ourselves in situations where we might, because we stood up for Christ, because we did what was right, because we chose the right path, we find ourselves in a place where he might not want to be. And we discussed it because Joseph did all the right stuff. He, he was honest. He didn't do anything wrong. But somebody lied, uh, defaced him, and here he is getting tossed into prison. And, and it's kind of interesting when I read this story, and when I read verse 21 right here, and, and it says that the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love, what I, what I see when I read this passage is like, man, Maybe I should be pumped to get ridiculed. Maybe I should be excited to get tossed into prison. I want us, a lot of you will probably know this verse in 1 Peter 3. But what I want us to do is, is read in 1 Peter 3, and maybe you haven't heard it, um, but, but these passages like this are scattered all throughout uh, the New Testament. And in verse 14 of 1 Peter chapter 3, or starting in verse 13, it says, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous? For what is good. So who's going to harm you? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake. So if you suffer for what is right. You will be blessed. Having no fear of them. Nor be troubled. In 1 Peter 3 it says. By the way. If you get persecuted. For doing what's right. Be pumped about it. We read that in James. Uh, a few months ago. When we were studying and James, but here we're studying in this instance, and we read this verse, and it's like, oh, by the way, if you're suffering because you're being righteous, that's a good thing. 
And I think that's the base of the idea as we lead up tonight, because tonight what the story is that we're going to be reading back in Genesis 39, as we're going to be sitting, or really in chapter 40, is we're going to be reading the story of Joseph sitting in prison, where Joseph is sitting here, he's enduring um, this time in prison, he's enduring a time when he's put into suffering. But the problem is, if we had this class time tonight where we're going to sit here and go through this discussion and go through this conversation, it will be a, a time when you guys will take no application from it and you won't gain anything from it if we ourselves are not sitting in prison. If we find ourselves and look at ourselves and, and, and we're out and we're free roaming in the world and like we've done nothing in order to um, be a people that, that, that gets tossed in prison for our faith, I'm not sure how well this lesson is going to apply to us tonight. In reality, we may actually need to be in prison. I mean, look at this guy, Joseph. This guy who we studied his story, and he's been tossed in prison for no good reason. And this week, I want us to continue to read this story and continue to draw different ideas from it as we continue to go on in the life of Joseph. If I didn't say it already, the song that we're going to be kind of basing this on tonight from the movie Moana um, is, is You're Welcome. Um, you know, what can I say except you're welcome? Um, now he sings it. It's a, it's a total jam. Um, keep that in your mind. Like, the, the lesson title, I guess you don't have to. As we go on tonight, we'll really get closer to it at the end of the lesson. But let's read starting in verse 22 of Genesis 39. I'm sorry, I should have told you to keep your hand there when we flipped over to First Peter. It says, And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, um, whatever was done there, uh, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made succeed. And then we get back to this idea of, like, we discussed this last week. Remember this? When Joseph was in Potiphar's house in chapter 39, when he was a slave, when he was placed in another bad situation, the, the, the man who he was a slave to was like, oh, uh, you're awesome, so you're going to be in charge of everything. And Joseph really rose in power in that house. He rose to become more than a slave. He was no longer a guy who was looked at as a slave, but somebody who was in charge. And so here he is, he's locked up in prison, and we get this other situation where once again he's, he's raising up and gaining respect, but this time he, he's still in prison. He still is not free man. And we hit on it a little bit last week, and it's a super basic idea, but why was Joseph successful here? And once again, it states, because God was with him. There's that simple idea that Joseph is successful. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And it's this idea that, that just keeps reoccurring over and over and over again. And to take it to the next level, a lot of times when people got tossed into prison in these days, they would end up dying. A lot of times they, they, would, be, they would be tortured, they would, they would be in the worst possible situation, yet Joseph was tossed into this prison and God didn't leave Joseph to die. 
Joseph is tossed in this place where he is he's a prisoner, he's the scum of the earth, and according to the rest of the nation, if, if, if he were to be um, walking out of there the next day, people would look at him and say, Joseph, you're an ex-con, you're, you're a total prisoner, you're a total loser, we, we can't stand you, we want to stay away from you, you're probably a dangerous man based on the convictions that got you in to prison. But when Joseph was in prison, God did not leave him there. God was right by his side through the toughest of times. And I know that these ideas are not new to you guys, most likely. But when we're sitting here and we're studying the story of Joseph and we're looking at this story and Joseph goes into prison and he's in a tough time to have God by your side, to have God have his hand on you like it says what was taking place with Joseph sounds pretty great. The idea that God could be with us through everything that we're going through sounds phenomenal. And last week we talked about this idea, I don't know if you guys remember this from last week, maybe some of you weren't here, but last week we talked about this idea of like, maybe we're going through great times. Remember I brought up like varsity on the, or like varsity starter on the sports team where you're dating like the hottest or the hottest guy or girl in school, that type of thing. Like you're put in a great situation, that type of setting. We talked about that last time and that are we going to let God be there by our side? Are we going to choose him through all of that? And this week I want us to look at the opposite of that a little bit. Through the worst times in our lives when we get tossed in prison, are we going to let God be by our side? See, Joseph didn't get tossed into prison and look at God and be like, bye God. Are you kidding me? You, you let me get taught. All I did when I was in Potiphar's house was honor you. All I did when I was in Potiphar's house was worship you. I was your servant through everything, and then you tossed me into prison. Forget you, God. I'm done with you. Joseph doesn't say that. While he's in prison, in the darkest time of his life, later on, and we'll see this in a little bit, the prison is called a pit. So for another time in his life, he's tossed in a pit. And for another time when he's tossed in a pit, he chooses God. And the tough thing is, is that so often when we find ourselves getting put in an awful situation, when we look at ourselves and, and we're in a situation where we're like, man, that is not a good situation. That is, that is awful. I, I hate the situation I'm in. Our first reaction is to feel like God has done us wrong. Our first reaction is to ditch God. And maybe it's, it's not a major reaction. Maybe it's, it's to rebel a little bit more often and to do a simple thing here or there. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, uh, oh God, you're going to bring this at me? Well, watch this. Watch, watch me drop a little bit of sin into my life. Watch me sin a little bit more than I ever used to. Watch this. Watch me be this type of person in the world. Watch me toss a little sin in my life. What are you going to do to me, God? And we rebel a little bit. Maybe when it's, we walk into worship, we stop worshiping him with any praise. We, we forget that, that God exists. And we're like, you know what, God? If you're going to treat me this way, if you're going to allow this stuff to happen in my life, the last thing I'm going to do is worship you. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there and, and uh, it's, you're sitting there thinking prayer doesn't work. Somehow my notes got very messed up. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I've prayed for this person to live through the sickness so many times. 
every single day for the last year and they just died, God. Why are you Lord, I have prayed for this great on the sense. Lord, I have prayed for this. And the last thing that's happening is any of that stuff. And so a little bit of rebellion is, is God through this tough time that I'm going through, forget prayer. It, it doesn't work. What is it that we do to ditch God when we're put in a bad situation? Because when I read this story of Joseph, and I don't say, like, we ditch God. I say that because, like, I can't, I hope not all of us have been there. But, like, I can look at times in my life when I've been in a point where all of those things have mattered. Where all of those things have been something I have thought and I've felt. And I wanted to just sit there and say, no, God, I'm, I'm not listening to you in this moment. I don't care about what you're saying in this moment. But then we have to come back look at the story of Joseph and the basic idea that if we stick with God, he's going to stick to us. And even through the toughest times, God is going to be by our side if we just stick with him. Do we find ourselves enslaved to sin with God by our side? We can beat it. If there, is there a lot of strife in your home and you look at your home life and, and you just have constant fighting among your parents or, or your siblings, and that might be yourself, are constantly fighting? Stick with God. At school, do you find yourself surrounded by people who are constantly mocking God or by a group of people who has chosen that lukewarm lifestyle and all they're trying to do is pull you in and have you be a part of that lifestyle? Stick to God. And he will be with you. Whatever it is that we're struggling with, if we stick to God, he is going to be with us. And the coolest part about this story of Joseph is that it doesn't end with him getting tossed into prison. Let's keep going in verse 40. Or in verse 40. No, chapter 40. Verse 1, sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. All right, so they did something wrong. Pharaoh was angry with them, uh, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. So he was serving them. They continued for some time in custody. One night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, um, each his own dream, and a dream, uh, each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? Have you guys ever noticed that little phrase that Joseph asked them? See, when Joseph was in a dark time in his life, Joseph continued to care about other people's feelings and emotions. When Joseph was at a dark time in his life, he continued to care about other people's feelings and emotions. Think about where Joseph is in this moment. Joseph is in prison. He's serving other prisoners. He's in a time when, when really he doesn't have a whole lot going for him. The best thing that's happening to Joseph right now is that the, the captain of the guard in the prison likes him. 
He's a guy who, who essentially has the warden in his pocket, right? But he's a, he's a guy who, that's the best thing. He's still sitting in prison. He's at a bottom point in his life. And here are two guys from the court of Pharaoh. They get tossed in prison because they make the most powerful person in the world angry. And so they get tossed into prison, which, by the way, they were on the court of Pharaoh, which means they would have been good friends with Potiphar, uh, Joseph's former owner um, that tossed him in prison. Um, and here he is, they're prisoners together. Joseph is being ser- forced to serve them. And he took the time to notice they were hurting. He took the time to say something when he noticed that people were hurting. He took the time while he was struggling to check on others who were struggling and I look in our lives and I think about times when I've struggled. And maybe you can think about times when you are struggling. And the last thing that we do when we're struggling is walk into a situation and look at somebody else and look at them and say, you know what, today you look like you're hurting. Today I want to help you. What is wrong? How can I be of service to you today? And the sad part is that a lot of times it's not even when we're on the bottom of the earth, at the bottom of the prison, when we're sitting there in our deepest, darkest moments that we don't care if other people are hurting. Sometimes we're sitting on the top of the world. We're literally at the highest point in our life. We feel better about ourselves than we ever had before, and yet we sit there and we don't care that when we walk into a room, somebody is sitting there looking upset, and we walk past them and don't care and ignore who they are and don't care to check and see if they're okay. See, the side of of God that's loving, which is like the main side of God, by the way, is so often left out of our lives because it's the toughest part by far to live through. It's the part that is so incredibly tough for us to conquer. And here's Joseph in prison, and his only concern at this moment was why other prisoners were upset. Didn't matter what type of day he was having. It didn't matter that he was serving people. It didn't matter that he was sitting in prison. What he cared about was helping others. And in our life, every single day, do we look for a way that we can help someone else? Whether we've had the best day of our life or the worst day of our life, what are we going to do to care about others? And Joseph did it, and because of it, we see that he found favor with God. And if we look to other people and we try our very best to show them care and to show them love and to wrap our arms around them through whatever they're going through, we will find favor in the sight of of God. What happens next is, uh, we're not going to read it all. The two guys come to Joseph. They're like, bro, uh, we had these dreams. That's what happens in the next verse. They're like, we've had these dreams. We don't know how to interpret them. They're kind of weird. Joseph is like, all right, throw them at me. Um, so they tell him, the cupbearer's like, there was this vine, yada, 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 all these great things. Um, and Joseph is like, well, cupbearer, this means that you're going to be reinstated back into Pharaoh's court, and, uh, and, and you're going to keep on going with your job. And then the good old baker, he is like, hey, cupbearer's going back into his job. And he's like, this is my dream. And Joseph is like, well, based on that dream, you're going to hang from a tree. <laughs> Not the greatest thing. And he says, both of these things will happen in three days. And he requests on the third day, um, he says, 
please remember me. When, when, this, when my interpretation comes true, by the way, when I've predicted the future, when I'm like the mastermind here, he didn't say it like this, um, he says, by the way, can you just remember to mention me to Pharaoh? And then the third day comes, the guys get out of prison, Baker goes and, and hangs and dies, and the cupbearer is like, <laughs> back in charge of the cup. Um, all these great things take place, and it says, in verse 23, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Um, what a jerk, right? He forgets him. All right, so we're going to come back to Genesis uh, chapter 41, verse 1. I want us to go back to reading it. It says, after two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. Now, I want us to stop there. I think, <laughs> you guys ever notice this? Have you guys ever noticed the amount of time that takes place? Okay, Joseph is sitting here in prison. Hey, remember me. They're like, okay, oh, wait, we forget all about it. That's all terrible. And normally we're like, yeah, a few weeks, a few months later, Pharaoh goes ahead and has his dreams and all that wonderful thing take place. But what we so often don't realize, and I read this story at least, or I never read it and, or realized it until I was reading it through, is that Joseph sits in prison, not for another week, not for another month, not for another year, but two whole years. Two years later, after this story with the cupbearer and, and the baker takes place, Joseph is still sitting there in prison, still living his life, doing all the servant things in prison. He's still at this lowest point in his life, absolutely at the dumpster point of his life. It's been two full years since this story has taken place. Two years ago, Amelia and I were interns at Graymere and had been dating for like two weeks. Two years ago, a lot of you probably didn't have a driver's license or you weren't in high school or um, you maybe, I'm trying to think, two years ago, in the two years, what I'm trying to get at is a lot can change in two years, okay? Like, the world changes a lot in two years' time. And so here's Joseph, and it's been two years since, since he's, had this encounter with the baker and, and the, the cupbearer in this moment. And you want to talk about a long time in custody. You want to talk about a long time sitting in a dark prison. But the thing that is so cool about Joseph is that his faith did not waver. You don't think he woke up each morning and fell on his knees and said, Lord, please be the day that I get to get out of this prison. Lord, please help this to be the day when I no longer have to sit here in misery, when I no longer have to suffer. Lord, please help today to be that day. Yet he stayed strong. His faith didn't waver, and he didn't let his time in prison distract him from God. And I want to ask us tonight is how often do we sit there and we say a prayer or we read a scripture or we, we ask God for something and it takes longer than a day or a couple weeks or a couple months or a year. And because of that, we get so frustrated by God. We get back to this point where we were before when we might be angry at God and we might sit here and say, God, what are you doing right now? I asked you for this. I'm tired of waiting. I'm, I'm out of here, God. 
And we still show up at church and, and, and we might still be around and, and we might um, even still smile and we might even not live a sinful lifestyle outside of church. But in our hearts, we've forgotten that the creator of the universe is supposed to be the center of our lives because we're frustrated with him because he has taken too long. And yet we look at a guy like Joseph who sat in prison for two years after he saw the rescue boat. After he saw the opportunity to escape, and he probably thought, this is it. All I have to do is tell these guys what's going to happen. And they're going to say to Pharaoh, hey, this is amazing this happened, by the way, because like there was a guy in prison, and he totally predicted it. He told us our dreams. we got to get this guy, but you got to meet him. He's awesome. And Joseph is probably sitting there thinking, this is my opportunity. He's probably sitting there praying, Lord, help this to be my opportunity to get out of prison. And it goes through all of these things. And as soon as he's sitting there, he has two more years. I'm going to say after the second year, as the, as the second year was coming to an end, I'm going to say that in his heart, a little him was probably thinking, the chances of me getting out of here are slim to none. Yeah, he's stuck with God. In my life, am I going to be patient and let his will play out? Because I think we all have questions or situations where we're questioning God, when we need to be patient and let his will play out. Uh, Pharaoh then has a dream, which, by the way, this is the slide I chose. Totally regret it. I was Googling some stuff. There's a picture of Pharaoh sleeping, and it's very awkward. Um, and I was seriously like, that's going to be such a distracting picture the entire time. Like, we'll not even have a good discussion. Um, so <laughs> Pharaoh has these dreams. Um, some fat cows are sitting there grazing by the river. Then some skinny cows. Oh, look at that. Skinny cows um, get up. And they're like, hey, fat cows. And, and gobble them up. And then there's like this uh, big, great wheat. And then there's like this terrible little wheat, and the little wheat goes and gobbles it up, and Pharaoh's like, ah, what's this mean? We have no idea. This is two years later, remember? And the cupbearer's like, oh, um, uh -huh. by the way, I totally forget. Remember when you tossed me in prison? <laughs> Don't remember that, actually. Um, but, but what happened when I was in prison is like there was this guy, and he told me exactly what was going to happen based on my dream. Uh, you should call him right now. That would be a fantastic thing to do. So that goes on, and, and, and Pharaoh... It's like, ooh, this guy sounds fascinating. So we get to verse 14 of chapter 41. It says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Verse 16 says, Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Guys, when Joseph was given credit, he immediately gave the credit to God. When Joseph was given credit, he, he gave the credit to God. He understood he wasn't great. He understood that he was not anything without God. And how often do we have an opportunity to give God the credit and we just fail to do so? We have an opportunity where somebody looks at us and they're like, man, you're awesome. Um, <laughs> but like in our hearts, we're like, that was all God. And yet we fail to do it. We fail to give God the credit. How often do we sit there? And, and I, well, I say this. 
I think about a guy, um, my youth team minister growing up, uh, and, and I know like there are other people in here Adam as a youth minister growing up, um, but something that was so cool about him when he got to that, uh, when he got to the congregation where he grew up, uh, when he got there, the youth group was probably like 50 or 60 people. Within the first three years, the youth group had grown to 150 people. It was a huge increase. And people uh, would walk up to him and be like, man, Philip, like, you're doing awesome stuff. Like, you're doing incredible things here. Your, your, your programs are awesome. Like, what you're thinking of and, and the retreats and the camps and all this stuff, like, it's awesome. And look at that growth, Philip. Like, you're doing an awesome job with it. And something that he always did so well of is that any time it was something that was, that was, uh, that was growth or anything spiritual, his response was always, huh, that's God. No, 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 you're saying that like I've helped this youth group grow. No, that hasn't been me at all. No, in fact, that has been God who has helped the youth group grow. And I want to ask us the question is when do we give credit to God? So do we give him credit when we make a good grade on a test because a prayer of thanks could acknowledge this? Or do we give credit to him when we get somewhere safely? Um, and I think about a story in my life. Uh, I had, we had like I had a friend over to play, and uh, I was like twelve. And uh, so, anyways, a friend over. Anyways, he came over, and like we like sprinted out to the swings in the backyard, and like plopped down. And uh, he was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "We haven't prayed yet." I was like, "What?" He was like, "We got to your house safely. We should offer God a prayer of thanks." So I was like. You're giving God credit for something. Like, that was super cool to me. Do we give credit for him when we get to him when we just do the little things in life? Because you look at a guy like Joseph, a guy who's truly a servant of God, and he gave all the credit to God. Joseph didn't look at, at Pharaoh and say, you're welcome for what I'm about to do. He looked at God and said, thank you. Because of this attitude, God was about to allow Joseph to rise to power, and I know that class is, is like over, but I want us to sit here for just a couple more minutes because I think this is really cool. The song from the movie Moana is very much of a song of a character saying, look at how awesome I am, right? I'm about to read some lyrics because uh, I want to, um, and, and this is like not based in any order whatsoever. It says, the song goes, you're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod. Hey, what has two thumbs? That pulled up the sky when you're waddling yay high. This guy, when the nights got cold, I want to sing so bad. Who stole a fire from down below. You're looking at him, yo. Kid, honestly, I can go on and on. I can explain every natural phenomenon. He says, the tides that crashed the ground. Oh, that was now just messing around. Really, that song was just talking. I just realized that as I'm doing. Um, but in our, in our lives, it's super easy, just like Maui in this instance, to be like, hey, look what I did. Like, look at all these great things I've done. And, and it just so happened, like, in the movie, uh, Maui was, like, the guy who did it. But in our lives, it's so easy to be like Maui and be like, check out what I did. Check out the grade I just pulled on the test. I studied so many hours for that. Look at the amount of homework I have. I want to be so much more intelligent than you are. Look at like the amount of hours I'm working right now. Like I'm totally like like you think you're working a lot of hours. Check out my work schedule. I am just dominating you with work hours. Look at you have to be up early in the morning. I'm up at 5:30 every single day. Like get on my level. Look at how great I am at this sport. Look at 
how, how smart I am when it comes to the things I'm interested in. And we can go on and on and on about the things and take credit for them and sit in it by ourselves and sit there and say, I am awesome and all these things. But what we have to realize is we have to stop saying, look at me, because God never commands us to say, look at me. God says, look at me and say thank you to me for the power that I am in your life. Let's go ahead and stand up, uh, circle up. Uh, and we'll say a prayer to close.